Trends in technology, processes and products. We cover these areas and more coming up on the cutting edge of cannabis. Be informed from the latest initiators of new innovation. Learn about the latest breakthroughs and best practices in the cannabis and hemp industries. Better products, better infrastructure, and better sustainability. The cutting edge of cannabis, consulted by the American Cannabis Company, starts now. Welcome to the cutting edge of cannabis. I'm your host, Ella Smith, and today we'll be speaking with the CEO, Paul Peterson of Nextleaf Solution. Paul, welcome. How are you doing today? Doing great, you guys. Thanks for having me. You bet. So you guys are a processor based out of British Columbia, correct? We are, yeah. And I think uh, really our focus over the last two years has been to be more than a processor. We've been focused on developing disruptive intellectual property around industrial scale extraction and purification of cannabinoids. The uh, development of, of intellectual property has been a real focus of our company. Uh, and we've been successful in developing uh, eight issued and over 30 pending patents around our industrial scale extraction purification. We think wow. that uh, that allows us to really differentiate. We've got more patents issued than every single billion dollar cannabis company combined. So it's been a it's been a it's been a focal point, and we really believe that again as as the industry evolves into more of uh, the derivative products or infused products. Um, we think that, that intellectual property will become a, a greater focus for the, for the entire industry. I agree 100%. So we saw that the Canadian market wasn't allowing extraction for the first few years of their program. Now they're allowing it in the medical and the recreation side. Is this what prompted you and your team to create Nextleaf Solution? Why did you guys start this company and come into the cannabis sector? Yeah, you know, great question. Um, I had came from... Uh, Canada's first legal commercial producer, a company called Peace Naturals. Um, so we actually had the first extraction license in Canada uh, to make cannabis oil, which is up until now has been the only form of extract that's been legal. And what that is, it's, the, it's a low concentrate form of, of uh, THC. So you, you could only produce oil up to a maximum of 3.6% THC concentration. So very, very limited in the types of products. Couldn't get into edibles, couldn't get into concentrates. Um, when we were at Peace Naturals and, and you know, this was 2015, 2016, I think we had a very good feeling of where the industry was headed. And um, we were acquired by Kronos Group in, in 2016. And um, when, we, when we exited on that transaction, started Nextleaf with the view of focusing not on cultivation and not trying to be a vertically integrated player, which I think we, we see a, a lot in the industry, but was you know, to actually uh, take a, take a focus on, uh, you know, extraction and processing. And, and uh, when we started the company edibles and concentrates weren't legal, but we knew at some point they would be legal here. And, and we wanted to make sure that we, we did everything uh, to lay the groundwork to be the leader in uh, high purity molecules produced at scale. It says here you you have uh, your, 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 on your website, it says bridging the gap between soil and oil. What do you mean by that? Yep. I like that. That's catchy. I like that. Yeah. You know, what, what we see a lot in the industry and in, in Canada, you know, in some ways Canada is, 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 is further ahead than other markets because we've, we've legalized it federally and regulated it federally. But, 
In other ways, we're, we're way behind because of the types of breadth of products that, that can be legally produced and sold in this country. So what, what we talk about is soil to oil is I think we see a lot of companies in Canada that have built large cultivation facilities and they've focused on scale, right? They focused on scale of cultivation. And for whatever reason, um, over the last three years, 90% of the, of the capital that's gone into this industry has gone into building large-scale cultivation assets. And we really see a major, major gap um, uh, from that kind of, uh, uh, you know, transforming or processing that, that biomass uh, into, into oil. So that's, that's really uh, kind of the, the genesis of, of, our, of our saying from, from soil to oil. I, mean, I think there's, a lot, there's, there's, there's companies that are, that are great at producing at scale. There's, there's, there's uh, uh, you know, certainly a, a lack of processing capacity in the system. And so with that being said, as a processor and what you're offering to the marketplace, help me understand your business model and how does it work? Are you a toll processor and that is all you're doing? Yeah, so our business model is focused on providing B2B solutions for, um, for other companies. So by that, we mean that we do not, um, we do not brand our own products. We, we, don't, we don't take Nextleaf branded products to market. Uh, we do toll processing and contract manufacturing for, for other companies. Um, and, and really, we, we do, uh, you know, we play one vital part of the supply chain, and, and, and that is the extraction and purification of cannabinoids, but how those, how that oil and finished product is commercialized, that's through our partners under their own brand. So we really think for us, that's the sweet spot because it allows us to commercialize our intellectual property. And, and, and I think, I think it's very difficult to do everything. I think it's very difficult to be vertically integrated. And, and that's really been our thesis from day one. And we built a company around kind of doing one thing and trying to do one thing better than everybody else. Okay. You're based in BC. And with that geographic location, have you seen any limitations with being able to offer the service? We know there's obviously um, on the east coast of Canada, there's a large, large, um, you know, production going on there in New Brunswick and uh, all across the country. We're seeing this and you're on the exact opposite uh, uh, coast. Has this been an issue? Great for question. You? You Great question. No, it is. No, absolutely not. And, and, you know, it's interesting. British Columbia, which is obviously the province that we're in here, has been synonymous for cannabis cultivation for decades. And we have about six to seven billion dollars a year with a B produced every year under personal production licenses. So before we had the kind of the commercial system, we had a system whereby um, patients could grow for themselves or have a designated grower for themselves. We have we have over uh, 20,000 growers licensed by the federal government to grow for themselves. Um, and again, six to $7 billion a year of, of, of production. Now there's no legal way for these guys to commercialize that. What we're seeing is that market is slowly um, transitioning into the legal marketplace through a new license called the standard cultivation license. But in addition to that, you know, BC has been a hotbed for, for cannabis cultivation for decades. Uh, within an hour's drive of our facility, there's actually 9 million square feet of large-scale cannabis uh, greenhouse cultivation. Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, everything from, from BC Tweed to all the way down the line. Now, but you're, you're, you are right. I mean, as a percentage um, in the, you know, kind of the commercial marketplace over the last five years, I think 60, 60% uh, of that is in Eastern Canada. But, you know, we always say this is that every single day, uh, 
there's there's tractor trailers full of oranges that come uh, come north from Florida up to Canada, <laughs> and right. uh, and uh, you, you know there's a the economics of a 53 foot trailer full of full of weeds a lot better than uh, transporting oranges. So <laughs> we, we really don't see that as an issue. And 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 uh, you know I, again the transportation side of it, uh, you know for us. I think what's more important is to be in a place where we can recruit the best and brightest. And, and there's a lot of, a lot of smart people that we have a, we have a pool of here in British Columbia. So let me get this right. You are able to service that market that is not necessarily the commercial side, but still under the government's program. Is that right? We're, we're able to service them once they come out of the shadows and into yeah. the legal marketplace and, and, and how they do that. I love it. You know, I think, I think the government, recognized a couple of years ago from doing a, a sort of an assessment. They, they had a report that was done by the legalization task force. And they said, you know, how do they get rid of the black market or the illicit market as I guess the politically correct form. We call it the legacy market because it's a market that's been around for decades. Sure. And how do they get rid of that? You, you get rid of it by a having, you know, an alternative that's legal for consumers, but more importantly, you do it by, um, allowing these people to transition out of the shadows into the legal marketplace through a, a licensing process that's a little bit easier to do than the kind of the, the large commercial licenses. So that was introduced back in October. It's called a micro cultivation license. And, um, you know, we're very excited that we think that it's great for British Columbia. Obviously, six to seven billion dollar a year kind of illicit market is 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 troubling when you think about uh you know, that's a big part of our economy. In, in British Columbia, the illicit cannabis cultivation market is actually larger than fishing, forestry, and, uh, and mining combined. Um, so there's, a, there's a lot of small towns. There's a lot of rural communities. And I mean, these are good people. These are hardworking people. Um, and and, and uh, for us, uh, we think that, uh, that really having a business model that, uh, you know, simplifies the processing and oil extraction side of it allows them to kind of focus on what they do best and that's growing great cannabis, um, you know, small scale kind of craft, uh, craft environment. And, uh, and, uh, you know, as, as, uh, as more of these folks transition into the legal market, then, uh, you know, we think it's going to be, it's going to be great for companies like ours that uh, provide solutions to, 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 to big and small. Well, that's very progressive thinking. Uh, I love how this is helping out these, these uh, f- original folks that have been here for so long, helping create the backbone of the industry. So I love it. But Paul, let's take a break real quick. When we come back, I want to continue continue talking to you about Nextleaf Solutions. Time to cut to commercial. More of the cutting edge of cannabis is coming up. The National Cannabis Industry Association's third annual California Cannabis Business Conference takes place October 8th and 9th in Long Beach, California. Register today at CaliforniaCannabisBusinessConference.com and take part in the only industry trade show focusing solely on the California market hosted by the cannabis industry's only national trade association. NCIA's California Cannabis Business Conference brings together thousands of cannabis industry leaders, policymakers, and entrepreneurs to discuss California-specific regulations, market trends, policy, advocacy, and research. The California Cannabis Business Conference will also feature over 60,000 square feet of Expo Floor, showcasing over 200 exhibitors. Make your plans now for NCIA's third annual California Cannabis Business Conference, October 8th and 9th in Long Beach, California. Register today at CaliforniaCannabisBusinessConference.com 
That's CaliforniaCannabisBusinessConference.com. It's time to Hemp Present. I am going to titillate your audio orifices with weekly radio rendezvous with some of the premier movers, shakers, and history makers of the cannabis community. Radio resident Hempo Sapien Vivian McPeak. I will be putting out a call to action on the issues of the day and putting your interests under the big lights as I provide cannabis commentary and weekly interviews that go straight for the nugular. Marijuana! Hemp Presents, only on Cannabis Radio. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now. Bought a game for your phone, gonna make you say, wow! The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash. Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash. Little by little, your empire grows large. Put different celebrities inside your entourage. You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Cheech and Chong. Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong. The name of the game is Hemping, that's the point. Download and play while you light yourself a joint. The business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. The cutting edge of cannabis now continues. Only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back. I am here with Paul Peterson, CEO of Next Leaf Solutions. Paul, I think it's just pretty neat to see how, you know, it's this whole progressive movement of allowing these old operators coming in and, and to really be a part of the marketplace now and really build on your business. I think that's, that's pretty exciting to see. Help me understand what makes your technology so different? Why, how are you able to get so many patents and why is this so groundbreaking compared to what everyone else is doing? I, I think, you know, to speak to that and it's also what we were just speaking about, um, we, we haven't tried to reinvent the wheel. You know, cannabis has been around for a long, long time. Um, what what we did when we started this company is we had identified technology that was in the the legacy market around extraction and purification. It, it was it was more advanced than anything I, I had seen in the kind of the large scale commercial market. We had acquired this technology, brought it in from from legacy operators, and um, I think from that we weren't starting at zero. And I, I think that's what we're seeing with a lot of companies struggling um, to some certain extent is that uh, I, I think when when you're starting at zero it, it's a heck of a lot more of a process to, to, to develop and for us we weren't starting at zero we were uh, we were starting with decades of experience we surrounded that experience with PhD chemical engineers chemists that really allowed us to scale up the technology so for us what's different uh, scalability that's that's key uh, and efficiency and being able to tailor the level of purity and finished product based on what the demands are, what product that's going into. And what I talk about scalability, you know, you see a lot of companies doing extraction on a smaller scale uh, with, with CO2. Um, the problem with those types of technologies, it's just not truly scalable. You know, scalable is when you can keep the same, the same cost structure, the same amount of people and, and go to, to larger components of a, of a system we really believe this industry comes down to cost per molecule and everything that we do is all about um, leading the industry in a, in a cost per molecule or at a highly purified THC or CBD molecule. Uh, when you're looking at, um, when you're looking at edibles and vapes and beverages and all these infused products that are, 
that are now federally legal across Canada next week. Um, these are products that are manufactured with a high purity THC or CBD molecule. And, and um, when we when we think about kind of consumer packaged goods, which really all these all these products are, they really you know come down to infusing them with a molecule, and it comes down to what what's your cost. And so by by being able to extract and purify on a, on a much much larger scale, um, we think that uh, that allows us to to lead the way. And, um, I think the very, very early in the process, we we brought in the patent lawyers. We um, made it a focus of ours to develop patents and intellectual property around what what we had acquired. Um, and uh, we really felt like from day one that that was an important value creator for our shareholders. When we look at this industry, we see a lot of bigger players coming into it, especially in Canada, because it's federally illegal. We've seen Constellation brands. We've seen Altria, right? Big tobacco, big alcohol. You know, I think, you know, big pharma, we expect to see them next. And, and the one thing we can say about all these guys is they don't play nice. And, you know, intellectual property is how you, how you keep the, you know, the big tobacco boys on. And, and uh, for us, uh, we, we also, uh, um, you know, take a lot of pride in the legacy market in British Columbia. And this is how we kind of honor uh, some of the pioneers of this industry by, by uh, you know, scaling up some of the technology that they had developed and, and, and uh, commercializing it. Um, and, and, uh, and so just, you know, really excited uh, for all these 2.0 products and, and how this whole industry is sort of evolving. Well, I think it's pretty neat that you guys are helping out in so many different ways here. And on your website, I was reading that you guys help large scale and and small scale growers. Tell me how this model works because we know that the capital expenditures for operators who are really good at cultivating to build out a facility is just not sometimes feasible. And knowing that you have an option here for some of these smaller guys to come to someone like you and not break their bank and provide them a service, Give me a little more explanation on how that works. And so any of our listeners who are small scale in Canada could really look at your service as an option. Yeah, I, I think, you know, when you look at extraction, purification as, as, a, as, a, as its own kind of part of the industry, what's, what's undeniable is that there's a lot of big companies in this industry that have, uh, I, I think they've underestimated the amount of R&D and the amount of time that it takes to get a very efficient extraction purification operation up and running um and i think you know two years ago everybody wanted to be vertically integrated they wanted to do it all what we're seeing now is 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 companies that say you know what my my strengths are on the cultivation side or my strengths are on the branding and distribution side no different than any other industry i mean you look at consumer packaged goods you look at like nutraceuticals or natural health products um there's very few companies that 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 you know grow the inputs and process and package and brand and market and, you know you see that in cannabis really because that's been the regulatory framework that's sort of called for that but um you're seeing more companies that are now starting to realize hey i'm going to focus on one part of the supply chain and then look to work with partners that can that can um you know do the other parts of it so that, that that's really been our thesis and we think that that it makes a lot more sense for smaller guys to work with processors. I see smaller guys that's, that's, you know, smaller cultivators or distributors. I mean, you look at, Hey, you look at Coke and Pepsi, Coke and Pepsi doesn't grow its own sugar cane and, and, nope. uh, and, uh, and, 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 are, and act vertically integrated. I mean, they're a company that takes, takes ingredients and they, and they manufacture products that they're that distributed under their own brand. Um, we see cannabis very much going that way. 
and uh, just you know excited for the opportunity to really be part of this kind of 2.0 commercialization. I see you guys offer a mobile extraction lab, and I see this as the most brilliant thing that can ever be done when it comes to offering a service like this. Unfortunately, here in the U.S., we're very fragmented state by state, and it's hard to really create a model that will work with the regulations as you follow each state. And so your mobile extraction lab works because I think that's brilliant being a, you know, this is run by your federal government. It allows for more, more flexibility for you to offer this kind of service, which I think is great because they don't have to ship all this material around. You guys can go on the road and still provide a great service. I'd love to hear more about that. That, You know, that's really where we started the business uh, was, was, uh, with our with our technology and a pilot scale plant that's that's mobile. There's lots of challenges with having a mobile lab, um, but it allowed us to, to get into commercial activity. It allowed us to to, um, um, to validate our our system and our our extraction technology. And really, the future for us is is processing from a fixed site. I mean, I think the U.S. is you know as you mentioned, it's it's there's a lot of challenges by having to be state by state, and you can't have cannabis material crossing state lines. In Canada, we don't have that same challenge, so we can ship products from one side of the country to to the other side legally um, and and process it. So I think for us, you know, the mobile lab has been an important part of our evolution as a company. But uh, now, really, our focus is on our our centralized processing facility that's forty five minutes east of Vancouver, and and then uh, being able to again ship biomass from from one side of the country or from the local the local growers here in British Columbia. Um, and, uh, that, you know, that's really been our focus now, but you still have that, that mobile lab still functioning and operating. Is that, is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Great. Yeah. We have okay. the mobile lab and that's, you know, again, I, I think, uh, you know, longer term where, where we want to be is we want to be, uh, in the space for, for, uh, first, you know, centralized processing, but, you know, um, the, the, the vision has always been to, to fill, fill a gap, um, for, uh, cultivators and cannabis growers, hemp growers that that needed that processing capacity, and and that was really why we started with the with the mobile lab. It just made a lot of sense then. Do you see yourselves ever moving to the the GTA area, the the, the Greater Toronto area, or anywhere the East Coast? Or you feel pretty comfortable <laughs> and confident being on the West Coast, and you guys can run a sustainable business for the long term? We think we can build uh, one of the most profitable businesses. In the, in the the legal cannabis market right here in British Columbia, we think it's a it's a it's a advantage for us to be here. A um, lot of lot of experience out here. Um, we think that uh, uh, that there'll be continue to be uh, cultivators that would would ship product um, from from other parts of Canada to to our facility here um, in BC. But I think. This industry isn't in a place yet. We're not even close where where processing has been commoditized. You know, if you look at kind of Canada, there's two main uh, processors, third-party processors. That's uh, many farm labs and and, and uh, Valens and you know Valens uh, uh, are you know are they work with customers on the east coast of Canada and getting getting all the all the product shipped from Organigram in Moncton, New Brunswick, all the way to to Kelowna, BC. And I, I think it's also it speaks to you know, the marketplace is a little bit, uh, um, you, you know, it's early for, for Canada in the sense that there's a lot of larger players that are figuring out their strategy for all this 2.0 products and figuring out kind of their supply chain and where, where their oil-based extraction 
uh, supply is going to come from. Paul, we need to take a break. When we come back, I want to continue talking about Next Leaf Solutions. Time to cut to commercial. More of the cutting edge of cannabis is coming up. Fetch your earbuds and stay tuned for some pure pet care conversation. Hi, it's Angela Ardolino with It's a Dog's Life, and I have Hernanda Umana joining me. We're just both so fascinated with how much we've learned since we've been in this pet industry and creating an all-natural product. Because it's a dog's life. I am a huge fan of my guest today, Dr. Bob Goldstein. I have, in my experience, not seen many natural substances produce the results that CBD is producing in the animals that we are testing on. It's a Dog's Life with Angela Ardolino, only on Cannabis Radio. Doc Rob, the concierge for better living. Cannabis is just one of the many great plants that we have on this planet called Earth that we can use consciously and intelligently to improve our well-being. Take a real, raw, inside look at healthier living while sharing great ideas and improvements for a better quality of life. Learning to live and live well is a lifelong process. This is a journey. It could be you could be 80 years old or eight years old. You can still learn something that's gonna make tomorrow a little bit healthier, a little bit easier, a little bit happier, a little bit better. The concierge for better living with Doc Rob. Only on cannabisradio.com. Candid. Captivating. Compelling. Welcome to Cannabis Confidential with Dr. Dina. Welcome got to Cannabis Confidential. Oh, you got me again. All right. Got you got me again. Welcome to Cannabis okay. Confidential. Ah! <laughs> hey, we did it. We did it. Welcome. I have the coolest guest today. You guys already know. The one and only Tommy Chong. CannabisRadio.com proudly presents Cannabis Confidential. The cutting edge of cannabis now continues only on CannabisRadio.com. I'm here with Paul Peterson, CEO of Next Leaf Solutions. Paul, I'm going to talk about the 800-pound gorilla in the room that you may not realize is in the room. We have had this crazy scare here in the U.S. and probably as well in Canada with these e-cigarettes, vapor cartridges, illegal cannabis cartridges being sold, people getting sick. And we're seeing a huge scare across all of these markets with these types of products being sold and distributed. And I've got clients and partners who are reaching out to me who are kind of putting these types of projects on hold until they can learn more about what's going to happen with their local regulation. We've seen that Massachusetts has actually put a hold on allowing any type of vapor cartridge sold and distributed until they can get a better understanding of how to regulate this. What do you think about this? How does this impact your business? As I know you guys focus on creating distillate and one of those uh, is, you know, we can make cartridges with that product. How has this impacted you guys? You know, it's been interesting. I, I think I've been surprised with um, how big of a story this has become. But, you know, the truth is, when you look at the facts, I think there's a lot of misconceptions going on out there around this vaping crisis. And it is a crisis. I mean, there's been number of deaths. There's been over a thousand people that have that have been, you know, sent to hospital. This issue is not around vaping. This issue is around illicit vape products that are unsafe for human consumption. And that's the real issue. You know, the real issue here is 
um, where you've seen this in the States. I think we've only had one case in Canada, but it, you know, it is an issue here. It's an issue everywhere where there's unregulated illicit products being used. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'll be honest, I'm a little bit surprised that people are so surprised that you know, <laughs> illegal drugs made in an unregulated lab are unsafe for, for right. human consumption. That's right. right. <laughs> um, you know, this is why you need sensible regulation. And, and I think that one major, major advantage that Canada has is that we've got federal regulation. And I'm, I'm looking forward to the day that, uh, you know, the U.S. Has, has, has federal regulation over these products. But, you know, when you have when you have a, a, a large illicit market and you have consumer demand um, and there's maybe a lack of, of availability of, of legal products, um, you're going to have challenges. If you look at the um, the NBC study on on this vape crisis, it was but a couple of weeks ago. They did a bunch of testing, and every vape cartridge that NBC tested uh, that was a legal vape cartridge had tested clean and safe. Um, and they tested 15 illicit cartridges, and every single one of them was unsafe in the oh, sense wow. there was uh, there was uh, there was a high concentration of of, of uh, banned pesticides. There was issues around. Um, uh, vitamin E acetate. So, you know, you know, again, it's uh, in Canada, in Vancouver, we've had over 1200 deaths so far this year from, from opiates. And, and, you know, a lot of these are manufactured in illicit drug labs. Well, I mean, that's, that's up until now in Canada, you know, every, every vape cartridge used, uh, consumed in this country is an illicit cartridge because those aren't legal products yet. And, and uh, from, from what we've seen, we haven't seen one example in the United States where a legal vape product has actually made somebody sick. So I think, you know, for us, we really believe it's a function of regulation. It's a function of, um, of, of having proper regulation where consumers can buy a, a safe product and not have to go and, and, and buy it from illicit or unregulated sources. And that's more the reason for our local, state, and federal government to understand that regulation is important. We've got to bring these things in because it can eliminate a lot of these issues or problems. You know, it's like going and buying moonshine versus going to the liquor store and getting, you know, uh, uh, some type of dissolute that's been made properly with alcohol. And so it's uh, totally we need a big change. And so this is what's really going to help push this forward, hopefully. Yeah, and, and, and you know the, the the hard thing about these types of situations is that politicians take knee jerk reactions. What we've seen in Massachusetts, you talked about the, the the ban for six months. You know, it's 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 a shame. Um, you know, it's also why I I think that there is there needs to be more of a push in the United States to have FDA you know coming up with 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 a regulatory framework. And um, we recently had. Uh, the, the, head, the, the top regulators from the state of California coming up to Canada, they came up for a, a study mission to see how our regulatory system was working. They went to uh, see Canopy's uh, BC Tweed facility. Uh, they came to Nextleaf's uh, processing facility, and they went to see uh, Health Canada. And, and um, one interesting conversation I had with, with, with the California regulators was around this issue. This was only a couple of weeks ago, and, and their response was they, they hadn't seen one issue one example of a legal product actually making people sick. You know, again, how do you, how do you keep uh, illicit products out of people's hands? I mean, I think we can all agree that prohibition just doesn't work. Right. You know, when, when, <laughs> That's right. When, when, when alcohol was illegal, I mean, you had thousands of people dying from bathtub gin and, yep. uh, yep. uh, 
I think, I think, you know, that's the problem with, with, with taking an approach that we're going to keep something illegal. I mean, you know, consumer demand doesn't go away. Just the, the, the illicit or unregulated market is going to uh, step up to fill that void and, and satisfy that demand. And that's where we're, we're going to have issues. Paul, any closing remarks? We're coming to our end here. No, I just uh, appreciate the time guys. And, you know, as you can tell, we're, we're very excited on this industry. We've built our company around developing what we feel is very, very disruptive intellectual property around the extraction, purification, formulation of cannabinoids. And, um, we went public back in March. We trade under the simple oils on the CSE and, and oil FF in the United States on the, uh, on the OTCQB. And just appreciate the time that uh, you guys took uh, to have us on your show today. Thank you for joining us for this edition of the Cutting Edge of Cannabis with CEO Paul Peterson of Next Leaf Solutions. You can download past episodes of our program by going to CannabisRadio.com or subscribing to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, and very soon on iHeartRadio. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.